Hello, my name is Brandon Lewis. I am the show host and executive producer of Brands World, an independent sports-focused podcast I conduct two to three times a week on the latest happenings in both local and national sports. Now, usually, you hear this intro. song is titled Metal Wingus by Alter Bridge. It is the theme music to a WWE wrestler named Edge, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and one of my childhood heroes. The music gets me pumped up before each show and allows me to perform at my best for the listeners of this podcast. But today's podcast is not about sports. For the first time on this platform, I am exposing myself and opening a rare sign to me very few people know. Two years ago, I endured the most difficult four-month stretch of my early life. It was during my sophomore year in college, specifically my spring 2019 semester, or my fourth semester in college. I had put myself through a ton of stress and anxiety, more so than I ever have had before. I took 19 credit hours in college, way too much for anybody to endure. As a part of those 19 credit hours, I was a sports reporter for the Stater, Kent State student-run newspaper, and even though it was a quote-unquote class, it was more of a part-time job. There would be days where I wouldn't put one bite of food in my mouth till about 5 p.m. at night, because I would work so hard on my reporting or other classes, along with my duties as an on-air host, sports coordinator, and web coordinator at Box Score Radio, which is Kent State's student-ran radio station. Not only did I deal with the stress of school, but in March of 2019, I shockingly watched my cousin Adam do a drug overdose at 26. Me and Adam weren't particularly close, but we always got along and he was a great guy, despite his long battles with addiction. The combination of Adam's sudden death and my insane amount of schoolwork led me to having high blood pressure for the first time. I promised myself after his death that I would change my life for the better. I finished that spring 2019 semester and took the summer to reevaluate my life. I, I reconnected with two very good friends of mine that summer, in Sophie Hudson and Molly Buckner. I had not seen either lady in a long time, and being back together with them made me happy. And alongside them and my best friend of 15 years, Andrew Baca, I changed my life around for the better. I wrote about my turnaround in my final for my feature writing class that semester. Recently, I spent some time with Hudson, Buckner, and Backup to catch up on my progress from 2019 and to tackle one of the toughest subjects to tackle in life, mental health. Today, I am bringing back a man who I have not had on the podcast since we were locked down in March of 2020. My best friend in the whole world of 15 years. Andrew Backa. Andrew, how's it going, man? Like I said, I haven't had you on the pod in a long time. I'm doing good. You know, I've certainly since the beginning of the pandemic, I have gotten a lot better. Oh, um, you have not been on the podcast yet. So first of all, welcome. It's It's been, you know, a while. I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a while. And thank, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. For the first time ever, after trying to get this woman on this podcast for so long, we have finally made it. Sophie Hudson, welcome to the Branch World Podcast. Thank you. So two years ago, Andrew, we sat here and we talked about 
essentially how horrible my life was for about four or five months. Um, and now we are here two years later. Things have obviously completely flipped around like, like we talked about here in the opening. So my first question to you would be, you know, seeing where we were two years ago versus now, uh, how do you think I've changed? And then do you think COVID has had a lot to do with it? Uh, well, yeah, I can, uh, I, I can answer the second part and say absolutely yes, because you had to adapt like everybody else did. When you got sent home from college, that was, that was kind of when you, you, everybody kind of realized, oh, shit, this thing might be real. And uh, you had to adapt. I mean, you know, sports got canceled and everything. That's your, that's your bread and butter. And, you know, you ended up uh, going to, you know, you ended, up doing w, you ended up doing a lot more WWE stuff because, you know, Vince went off the rails and made everybody work during the pandemic when it was very little was known about the virus, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> um, but, no, you got to expand uh, more into wrestling. And uh, stuff like that. You also started watching uh, sitcoms, so you expanded your horizons with that. So, yeah, I do think that it's changed uh, stuff for the better in regards to that. So, you've known me for a very long time, probably over a decade now. Um, yeah. We have not really talked a lot, though, since we last met a couple of summers ago. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the world over the last couple of years. A lot has changed in my life. Uh, you know, obviously when we last met, I was a junior in college and now I'm out of college. Um, and so I guess my question for you is from afar, you know, from the last time we did this kind of talk, you know, probably two years ago in November, um, what have you seen from me? from afar that you would say is like growth? Well, I think you're a lot more, even more determined than you usually are, which I didn't think was possible, but somehow you're like even more determined than ever. You got a job, you're doing all your podcast stuff. So yeah, I would say that Three months other than that, you haven't changed much as I can tell. You know, you've known me for a long time now. You have seen me go through so many ups and downs, especially over the last couple of years since my college years. Um, we have not talked in a very, very long time. Uh, there's been a lot of changes, obviously, in both mine and your lives. I guess my first question for you is, you know, just from afar, you know, what changes have you seen in me? Um, the main thing that I can't help but notice is you seem very calm. You seem very um, <laughs> at peace, which is something that was not your strong seat before. Uh, you just seem a lot more level-headed. What could come with the years that have gone by, but still, you're a lot more mature. Uh, you're very open to freelancing now. I remember uh, suggesting a lot of that to you a couple of years ago and just kind of like, ah, I don't know, I'm not really thinking about that too much. And it seems like 
it seems like you're really starting to embrace like uh, that. And that's really good as I've, as I've explained to you with that, because that's, that's the new way of the, of the future. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the best journalists out there right now are, are independent freelancers and you're dabbling in that and you're doing some of it. Part of it was due to the pandemic as well, but it seems like from a couple of years ago, you'd kind of being a little, you know, uh, I don't want to, I'm trying to find the right word for this. Um, I don't want to say skittish, but something along the lines of that. And now you seem to really be fully embracing that. And I think that's probably one of the best things, at least career wise for you. And, uh, and personally too, I mean, there's really nothing like, you know, if you're, you, you are a writer and stuff like that. There's nothing better than being able to write what you want, independently edit it, do all this stuff to it. So, so you're really in a good position with that. And I think a couple of years ago, it, it's very, it, it, I, it, you could have seen it coming, but I didn't think it would happen this quick. If that makes sense. Right. You know, I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of freelance writing, wrestling stuff on Medium. Obviously, I'm writing this story, ho- hosting my own podcast. And, you know, I just think you're right. Uh, COVID has allowed, you know, not only me, but a lot of journalists, a lot of people out there to really expand their horizons. Absolutely. Um, not just journalists, too. I'm sorry. Uh, not just journalists, too. Uh, comedians have been doing this as well. Um, you know, L.A. L.A. is a hot is a hot bit. Well, was unfortunately now was a hotbed for some of the best stand-up comedians in the country. And because of their crazy COVID lockdowns and shit, they realized, oh shit, we know we're going to have to move. LA ain't ain't a good spot for comedy anymore. And Joe Rogan went to um, Austin and, you know, if you're a comedian, you make it on the Joe Rogan experience. You pretty much made it at that point. And all these comedians followed. Now Austin has a really good comedy scene. So what you're doing is you're, you're, taking it to the independent freelancing scene, which is what you got to do because, you know, the corporate media and all that shit, it's just, it's become the LA comedy scene now. (laughs) The question for you is, do you think, obviously, March 2020, the whole world stopped sports without a commission for four or five months? Uh, Do you think that was the best thing that happened to me? Was there was no sports on for four months? And I was able to focus on other things. Yeah. I mean, I know you like sports, but you were able to focus on other things and bring to your hobbies a little bit. So I think it was the best thing. You know, do you think uh, COVID, like stopping the sports world, was the best thing that happened to me? I think that is a great question because I think that it was a great thing for you. I think that, you know, sports have always been your thing and it really probably showed you that there's more to life than sports. And like you would get so caught up in it and be upset with the wins and the losses and everything. I think it really like changed your perspective on life in general and, you know, showed you what really mattered. And I mean, sports are fun and you love them, but I think this taught you like how to keep your head on straight. You know, um, I think also, you know, without sports, I was able to expand my horizons a little bit. You know, was was able to get into a few sitcoms I've never seen before. Was able to listen to a lot more country music and find a lot more artists that I never got to listen to before. (laughs) Um, You know, being the general manager of Black Girl Radio, my last semester was the best damn experience I ever had. Um, yeah. You know, just 
meeting a lot of different people from different backgrounds, whether it was sports people or people that just like music or people that just wanted to talk about freaking life. Like just being there with them and just having, you know, just some deep, deep conversations. Being present. At 4 a.m. in the morning, like for real, um, you know, made some incredible experience and I will never forget that. A memory between us that stands out at all. Oh gosh. There's a lot. Um probably just hanging again. Probably just hanging out with you at um and then playing basketball and actually get getting to have a deep conversation with you. Um was probably the best moment because I actually get to know you besides like school and sports. And then that kind of branch off to like, we actually like talk more as like adults and have deeper conversations. So yeah, I would say that night where we all just hung out and play basketball each times. Well, again, and as you know, uh, we, we have been going there for such a long time. When I was younger, I was off the wall. I mean, <laughs> I was yes, off. And, and, and again, to my credit, now I recognize that. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously all about winning, just sports, 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 winning, winning, winning. And I just, you know, it's like w- when you get older, when something happens, you, your, your life perspective just changes, you know? Yep. Um, and you know, I think that night for the first time, I think I just kind of sat back and said, yeah, I'm good. Who, who, <laughs> I don't even remember us playing basketball that night. I'll be completely honest. I <laughs> don't remember that at all. Um, I remember some of the conversations we have, but I don't remember playing any sport whatsoever. I remember somebody asking me about the Browns and me ranting about Freddie Kitchens. It's a whole other story. <laughs> Do you have a favorite memory of us? Like anyone, anyone in particular, it could be from a couple years ago, it could be from way back when that just sticks out. Of us? Yes. Oh, every day. It's hard because I either want to talk about Youth Challenge or I want to talk about literally every day on the bus. I, I don't even, because it was really, like every day on the bus was so fun. Like we all were so close, like, you, me, Molly, and like, we were all such good friends, and Maisha, and then, uh, but like, coming together a few years later, was it two years ago, two summers ago, last summer, I don't even I don't know when know. it was, I don't even know, it was, but know. it was just so good to, you know, reconnect, and like, see each other again, it had to be two summers ago, because it was pre-COVID, it was pre-COVID, you're right, We want to transition here, though, because, um, you know, this podcast is a little bit of a mixed bag. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about mental health. We're going to talk a little bit about just me and my changes over the last couple of years. But I do want to, you know, flip it back to what happened two years ago. You know, again, that article was mostly about that time period. What if this is looking back and reflecting on that time? So I guess my next question for you would be, you know, just kind of based off that, 
Um, am I still a little bit, I don't want to say too emotional, but am I still, you think, a little bit too wrapped up in sports? I mean, how much, like if, if I had to put a percentage, I guess I'll ask it this way. If I had to put a percentage of like pre-COVID, how much would I talk about sports versus now? Where would you put that percentage at? Uh, Pre-COVID, I'd say about 95. Uh, post-COVID, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll bump it down to 75. Only, be, only because like you're still um, expanding a lot of shit. It has only been two years. So, I mean, like, once you start, like, getting, like, with, like, a lot of references and stuff like that, to not be Marl Ranallo, but, um, you know, just picking up on, like, a lot more, like, cultural references and stuff like that that you can throw in to, like, do, like, some comedic relief or whatever, that kind of stuff, I think then. But you're – I think then you'd have that uh, really happy medium. But the fact that you've reduced that to be able to, like, do, like, this mixed bag is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah you can – Clearly, you can clearly see, you can clearly see it because, you know, we wouldn't really be having a, we really wouldn't be doing a podcast two years ago about mental health and stuff like that. It would just be about sports and WWE. So this is, you know, another, this is a good example right here. You expanding your horizons and broadening, you know, all that. So yeah, this is evidence. You know, 20, a 20% decrease is a big decrease. Especially when you're talking about someone who would, again, watch sports from pretty much 8 a.m. to 11 o'clock p.m. or whatever the midnight case may be. And like we talked about a lot of times now, it's like, you, you know, back pre-COVID, and I always use pre-COVID because it feels like we're living two different lives. Um, yeah. You know, uh, essentially it was like, oh, game starts at 8.30, 9 o'clock, who cares? I'll be up to midnight. And now it's like the game starts at 8 o'clock. Ew, like even even our sleeping patterns, like like my you know, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. It's like, can this please end by 11 o'clock instead of 11 30 midnight? Like, I I, I don't know, I just feel like the games just move so much better. I can get so much interest in them if they start at 7 or 7 30 versus pre COVID. I didn't care what time they started. It was crazy because everybody told me, oh, my God, I'm missing sports. I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, screw it. I'll, I'll do something else. Like, I, I just find a way to, to entertain myself. And it's funny for me because, like, now, like, if there's a game on, like, and it goes late. Like, I used to be okay with, like, staying up past midnight. And now I'm like, if this game starts at 9 or 10 o'clock, I'm like, I'm out by 1130. Like, I, yeah. I think our, our viewing habits just changed because of COVID, right? And once you yep. start doing something, um, you know, you can't really undo it. And I think it's hard to get back in that routine because once the sports world stopped, it just kind of was accepted. Like, okay, there's nothing on. Well, now it's like, yeah. oh, I got shows I want to watch. I have other YouTubers I, I want to watch now. You know, so it's like, does this game have to be on so late? Yeah. It's funny because I know people like sports, but I think they go overboard with how much it takes up in their lives, you know? Like, there are other things you can do besides having to go to every game and watch every game. Like, I never got that Oh, I'm not a giant sports fan, as you know, but this never got the need for 
people to get so obsessed about? Well, I'll tell you, the only sport now I'm obsessed with is football. I can watch football yeah. for 11, 12 hours a day like I did yesterday. <laughs> um, another great football day, folks. As we know, if you heard the podcast on Monday, another wild week at the time of this recording, week 10 in the National Football League. But nonetheless, yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, I guess for me, it's just like the, the way I look at it is, so I used to, as you know, like seven, eight o'clock at night, like all these games come on so late. Used to be no problem for me. I was like, fine. And now I'm like, damn, this game comes out at eight o'clock. Are you serious? Like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> spend my whole night like watching sports. Like at 10 o'clock, I'm like, I'm done. Like, so it feels yeah, almost, really- I know, some games feel like a chore. Like I used to be able to stay up and watch like all the big, you know, World Series, Finals games, whatever. And now I'm just like going to bed. I'll find on the freaking morning. I don't care. <laughs> I'll check the score in the morning. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, let's see here. What else do I have here? Okay. This is a good question. So you said I've calmed down a lot. You said I'm more mature. Um, am I still a little bit too emotional? Um. Brandon, I have not gotten a text from you about screaming about sports or swearing about sports and I don't even know how long. I think that says a lot about how much you calmed down. <laughs> I think it's, that you're a lot more calm now about things. It's funny because we, we were texting yesterday trying to figure out a time to do this and you're like, you went a whole conversation without mentioning sports, without mentioning the Browns and I'm like- You did, the Browns did. won, you didn't say anything. You would say pre-COVID versus, I guess you could say post-COVID. I don't know what the hell we're in right now. Um, Who knows? Exactly. The amount of times I would say a text about sports versus now, let's say, a percentage. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know a percentage. I We actually can have a conversation now that is not about sports. <laughs> I even remember, like, in high school, like, being on the bus, I didn't even have to watch TV. I just got the full sports report from you. It was genuinely 100% of our conversations. You're like, let me tell you about this team. I'm like, okay, Brandon, fill me in. <laughs> no, definitely a lot, a lot less. So, again, if, if, if I had to say a percentage, so like if you said 100, what would it be like now? Is it like below 50? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say like 25. 75% difference. Whoa. That's a lot. That's a you lot. Changed. You're yeah. a changed man. A percentage. Like, okay, so prior to this and now to this, like, okay, so I text you about sports maybe 80% of the time, and now maybe it's what number? I would say it went from like 80 to like, I don't know, 60 maybe. So it's See, I, I feel like it's less than that. Yeah. I feel like if, if, if I send you a message, it's more like, oh, I'm watching the game. You know, it's yeah. not about the game. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it's way down. I almost feel like it's 20, which I'm being honest. Um, I feel like over the last couple of years since I've been the general manager at Black Scroll Radio, uh, I, I was the web director um, you know, and I got to know a lot of different people. I got to chat with a lot of different people that don't have sports interests. 
So getting to hear about their interests, whether it was in other talking points, TV shows, or, you know, just music in general, I feel like I was able to mold myself and have more of those conversations than I have in the past. I totally agree. And I like that you met people with, like, different interests, because then you can talk about all those things in, like, regular conversations. I mean, I, I guess, you, you know, to, to kind of coincide with that, um, is, is there any, like, any particular scene or something that you vividly still remember? Um, I don't even really know. I, I remember sometimes I just would let you rant on the bus. I would just, I'd be like, Brandon, tell me about the game last night because I knew you wanted to get it off your chest. And then I would just, turn my ears off a little bit you know what let you get off your chest that that was also a bad time though for me in the sports life because all the teams were trash besides the Cavs. it was very hard for you it was it it was hard we went through what was it the mike penn era freaking i think it was penn right the mike penn era yeah i think oh my gosh i think that's like ptsd response from hearing you yell about him The my pen face, the no emotion face. Uh, that's all coming back oh, to me. God. Now. A moment that you wish you would have saw me in person for that you haven't seen? Um, honestly, every, I, I would, I'd like to just at school, just in general for that. I want to see you like, you know, being more involved and like taking charge in these like, administrative roles and stuff like that. I think that's, I'm really proud of you for doing all that. I also just going back to sports, thinking about just every single Browns game this season. I think I would want to hear, I would like your full report on it. You're a good candidate for this next question because COVID really affected not only our lives, but for your life in general, a lot of things happened. You mentioned to me, previous and multiple times and currently today and i feel like you know it's at least once every couple weeks it's not a bad thing but it just sometimes you wake up and you feel like crap and a lot of people are struggling with this mental health crisis um as you know i told you one of the ideas i had for this podcast was based off of you you know people like nfl players such as lane johnson calvin ridley who have been out and who have been going through this crisis um so just when I mention to you the word mental health, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, I'm trying to, I'm really, I'm trying to think because, well, hey, I'll be honest right now, depression. Um, I'm trying not to be a downer, but yeah, that's, that's the first thing that comes to my head because that's pretty much the main thing that fucks me up. Right? That thing that really did fuck me up during COVID. I think I, I told you this is that, you know, I don't, I don't mind sharing this. Uh, my depression got the worst that it was ever been in like 11 years over the summer. And that obviously it had major effects due to the pandemic and shit like that. You know, we're going through what's called the great reset. And, you know, a lot, like you said, everything pre COVID is pretty much out the window. You know, yeah, we're going back to normal, but that's just, you know, not having masks and having to show your vaccine card and like that. As turned in, in terms of like, the mentality that people had everything that's been we've been pretty scarred by this so you know where you're not really you know and, and I, that's the thing that i had more issues with the pretty much feel that was 
not the lockdowns because I had been doing a lot of yeah, I had been you know watching movies and TV and a lot of that stuff, just kind of staying home, being a homebody as is. But it's when everybody else is doing it, and you start seeing the effects it has on other people, and then you start wanting to like broaden your horizons and stuff, and you know you really can't because you're in the middle of a pandemic. That's when that's when the perfect storm starts, and that's what happened to a lot of people. There's a lot of people who didn't make it out of the pandemic with mental health. Uh, problems alive and that's that's horrible we're really really lucky i'm not saying that you know it never got to the point like that but you know there's some you know whether you had like family to talk to or friends to talk to or whatever there's some people who just didn't have those resources and it got even worse because they were just isolated in the pandemic so yeah uh too much going from there that's i and it's it's good that people are finally talking about it because you know that's in a way, this might sound a little cheesy, but this pandemic created a couple more pandemics. You know, during the during the uh, whole time that the pandemic's been a thing, the U.S. reached 100,000 uh, 100, opioid deaths, overdoses. And, you know, to mention the fact that suicide rates have gone up, too, during a pandemic, when it involves mental health, it's just, you know, it seems like they really didn't take that into consideration. And if you want me to get, you know, a little too good, you can thank, you know, last three people who we have you know democratically elected who decided not properly fund our mental health system and you can really see i mean the evidence of that is just it's just ridiculous and i think it's gotten to the point now and here where people are struggling and because of the pandemic now i mean you gotta think too you know we're, we're coming out of this pandemic we're coming out of a fucking 20-year war too. So now we have this veteran mental health crisis that you know is going to be a thing. I mean, it already is a thing, but it's going to be even more amplified now because you have two you have two veteran groups of two major recent wars that don't know how to. A lot of them really don't seem to know how to cope with this stuff, and so you know that's that's I don't but I don't want to get into that. But I think that you know those, those people who are running things should know where the money should. They they know where the money should go. They just they're just not going to do it. But it's gotten to the point where you're going to have to start funding these things again because people are going to really need them. One of the reasons that I decided to do this was talk about more about mental health because, as you know, the reason why we did this story originally was my fall semester of 2019 was about a bounce back semester after my terrible spring 2019 semester where I had so many bad things happen. For my final in that class, I wrote a story based off that semester and how that summer I, I turned my life around. Um, and so here we are doing a podcast and the written story. But I do want to say that, you know, the basis of this was based off of the idea I had was, you know, so many NFL players such as Lane Johnson, Alvin Ridley, they've been dealing with a lot of mental health issues. So, you know, I ask you... Um, what do, you know, I guess I'll kind of give you the floor here and just ask, you know, what people don't know about mental health and what they do to kind of help themselves. Well, there's a lot of people don't know. Like, I think it's more than five people have a mental health issue. So that's a lot of people. Um, and what we've gotten better as a society to say, hey, I need help, like going for therapy or talking with somebody. But I think so many people are so afraid to get that help when they really need it because 
They think it makes them weak. It doesn't. If you need help, you need to get it. And that's, I think, the bravest thing anybody can do. Um, I'm really, really struggling with my mental health right now, but I'm talking to a bunch of people to see what I can do. And um, I'm still in college, so this semester has kind of been awful for me because of that, but I'm trying to turn it around. So I think the biggest lesson is that everybody at some point in their lives has a mental health issue, and you just don't know what people are going through. And just be empathetic to that. When you think of mental health, you know, what, what do you think of? Um, I think of how much everyone goes through that not everyone sees. I think of all of these experiences, everyone's, all the thoughts in my head, all the thoughts in your head that like, we are so unaware what's going on in other people's lives. And I think we just all need to take that into consideration when we're like being more compassionate, being more understanding and patient. Let, let me ask you this question. So right now, obviously we are on Zoom recording this interview. We are not in person because yeah. obviously, you know, it's somewhat hard to record in person. It's a lot easier to just do this online on Zoom. This is a platform that two years ago, nobody even knew about. I mean, we were using Skype and other platforms and obviously we did our interview over a phone call. Um, so I guess the question I, I have for you is, you know, just sitting here on Zoom, maybe it doesn't have to be in person. Obviously, our relationships have changed a lot better to be in person. But you mentioned something about, you know, people not having family and friends to talk to it in certain cases, or, you know, maybe people's relationships have changed. Uh, a two-part question here, and you can answer them in, in whichever order that you may want. Part one is, do you think that just being here on Zoom, like, do you feel comfortable is your day maybe a little bit better do you just feel like the weight of the world right now at this certain point is lifted off your shoulders just because you're sitting there talking to somebody you know on zoom and having a good conversation and then the second part of that question will be do you think people's relationship and you can kind of point this to maybe me and you or somebody that you know in your personal life do you think people's relationships have changed due to the pandemic uh yeah yeah i mean that's yeah you've seen a lot of you saw early on uh, the divorce the divorce rate uh skyrocketed among newlyweds who <laughs> they had to they had to say you know they had to um they had to stay um they had to stay home together for a long time and a lot of them realized no shit it turns out i fucking hate you and it's like oh no relationships like that you know i remember i remember reading something about that and just kind of chuckling about that but um as for zoom uh yeah i i don't mind it but i think that's just um us growing up within you know which was the first real tech wave you know so and i'm talking about like major major shit you know what i mean like we're like everything just got like we could like, like i tell you like we remember we kind of remember what it used to be like Yes. So, 
Yeah. I've always said it. Do I need you to do math in person than on a computer? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It really, it, it, yeah, there's no denying that. I think it's hard. I guess my question is, do you think it's hard to know when the right time is to get out? Because some days you're just like, oh, it's a bad day or some weeks a bad week or some months is a bad month or, you know, a year is a bad year. It's like, you know, when do, when you get to that point where it's like, I know something is more wrong than just this bad thing happened to me. Yeah, it's, it's very hard. Um, I struggle with, like, mental health since at least the uh, sixth grade. And it was very hard for me to say, like, hey, I need help. But after, like, I got home in 2018 from Kansas, long story. But after, like, a bunch of traumatic events happened, and a lot of my friends pointed out, like, came on, you need to, like, get some help. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. I need some help. But I know people, it can take them years to finally accept that they need help. And then even after that, they don't want to listen to the doctors or take the medication because of how it makes you feel. And I get all that, but there's a reason why we have mental health specialists because they're trained to know like what to give you. And the most important thing I've learned, if something isn't working like medication or therapy, don't be afraid to tell your doctor that so that they can change that and get you the help that you need. So when we talk about mental health, getting getting back to that, you know, I don't want to use an extreme circumstance, you know, where people are really mentally sick and they need to go see somebody. But let's say, well, actually, let me ask you this question first. Number one, do you think it's harder for men to acknowledge their mental health more than women? Yeah. Yeah. You can saw I answered that pretty quickly. Yes. Um, yeah, that's big time because i think you don't want to feel like a pussy you don't really want to talk about it you know you feel some sort of shame when it comes to talking about that shit you know i go through that i think everybody does and that's they're trying to get they're trying to end that stigma but you can't just really end it you know that's something you got to kind of you know really and that's again you want to go back to the resources being there there's no resources for stuff like that you know if there were people that you know could seek help and they were you know were assured numerous times that they're going to be okay, that it's okay, that this is normal. You know, I think then you would have a lot better discourse. I think it's going to take more than just a few athletes being like, yeah, I have depression and be like, it's okay to talk about it. You need to, you need to really like get out there and start helping those people. What people can do. Um, You know, you've seen me obviously go for it. You know, I talked about it in, in the last interview we did how stressful that semester was. It was really hard for me to get help uh, after, after everything we went through. You know, what would your advice be to somebody like me who, you know, did struggle in that situation? Um, you know, because sometimes it is really hard to say how, how we really feel. 
Yeah, I just, it makes me very sad that people like don't feel like comfortable getting help. Like, especially guys, I think it's, it just makes me so sad. Like why, like we all have feelings, like we all have those hard times. Like I, it just breaks my heart that people feel that they can't get help. And I like, even if you think, oh, like, it's just stupid. Like it's whatever, like, it's not stupid. Like it matters to you. Like getting that help is so important because you don't want to get so far on the line that you're like finding yourself like super depressed or like that's too, like too far gone. Like you don't want it to get to that point. If you're in that situation where like, let's say you don't think you need a doctor, um, but, but you know, like, Hey, I just need like someone to talk to, I guess. Um, what do you do in that situation? So, it's, it's almost like every single housemate goes with this. So I would just say, talk to friends because more than likely, they're going through some of the same stuff you are. And um, they may have some tips on like homework and how to balance all that and stuff like that. So I would just say, reach out to as many people as you can. I've noticed like in my college experience, like I've been talking to people like, I'll probably never see again, but we just come up with small talk and then like I'm a junior in person, I'm like, oh, college is so hard. And I'm like, yeah, but here are some tips. And they're like, oh, thank you. Okay. So that kind of thing. Here's something a little bit off topic. And again, I don't know if this will make it in the podcast or not. But uh, just coming off that question, you, you you made me think of this. Because I thought about this, obviously, now that I've been out of uh, Kent State now for about six months. I didn't figure out college till my junior year. <laughs> it, 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 no, really, it, it takes about two years to figure out. Okay. I know. These are the expectations for this class. This is how this works. Okay, this class, you need to attend every day. This class, you may not. Let's figure out the workload. You know, in my case, let's figure out how we can get homework done so I can plan around my show and watch, you know, great sports on the weekend, football on Sundays in the fall, whatever the case may be. Like, it, your freshman year is really easy. And then that yeah. sophomore year jump is like, it's like they, they go from like one jump to five and then you go back to like two if that makes sense yeah the, i think it's because they want you to take your like core hard classes your sophomore years then your junior and senior year you're more focused on your major classes and you're doing a lot of similar things but that sophomore year where you're dealing with like i, I don't want to call it the advanced uh core classes but like you, you know i took uh economics which was not my field at all um, you know, sport and society, which was a BS class. I'm not going to go into that, but it was a BS class. Um, you know, reporting was the hardest class in journalism I ever took because that was basically a job along with the class. That was a lot of BS too. But nonetheless, um, as as you can tell, um, I think what you have to do is find out like, okay, I'm just going to get rid of these classes, and then like. Your junior and senior year, if you take enough, you can go to class that like 
you are interested in or stuff that like you just want to do you know so open up your schedule have some fun i thought scheduling classes was the most fun in my college experience because i'm a scheduling nerd i would sit there for two and a half hours and play with the different schedules until i got it perfect um you know so just find like if you don't want nine nine o'clock a.m if you don't have to take class don't take that class if you don't want a 5 p.m class if you don't have ticket don't take that class Find a way to work around to make your perfect schedule. Again, meet different people, different backgrounds, what college is all about. And like you just said, um, you know, there's people I talked to in college who is my best friend in one class, and I've never heard from them in three years. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's just the, the, the way it goes, folks. It is the way of the land. What kills me is you know, a player like a Wayne Johnson or a player like a Brandon Brooks or a Calvin Ridley, for example, three reasoned examples in the NFL. It's funny, right? Because when these things happen, I think the fans generally think, oh, he's a he's a football player. He's a pussy. What do you mean? They make millions of dollars. And I've, I've heard family members even say that to me. And my response has always been, but your body is different. Everybody's body is different. So what if they're making millions of dollars? So what if they're one of the best offensive linemen, one of the best players in football? Who cares? Everybody's mental, emotional state is different. And I got to tell you, what really irks me is when people go on, you know, it's a reason why these guys hold it in so much. It's a reason why they don't want to post on social media. Because if you actually look at those posts, you, you can find some positive, but most of them, and I really hate to say this, but mostly it's the responses that I see and the comments on Twitter and on Instagram especially is, oh, my God, you're a pussy. You're a football player. It's like, what what is the purpose? And, you know, we've talked about social media usage a lot, obviously. I, I don't understand the purpose of putting somebody down just put somebody down. That's that's it's a naive statement, Andrew, is, is one of the things we is. Yeah. And you see it, you know, what's the first thing that you see when you go on Twitter when you know Shams tweets some shit out that says, oh, Kevin it, it's, out. The first thing is it, always every... something negative. It's oh you, yep. and the here here's the thing. Here's the thing. And and then I'll let you speak again, but I want to point to this. Why do people on social media always think the same exact way if you go under a comment section 80 percent of the comments are the same freaking comment well they're trying to get likes and shit but i get the, the whole the message is clear though you know like that's the, that's the worst part about it is like you know yeah you're trying you're trying to be you know edgy you're trying to get your you know trying to get your likes and your and your retweets up i get it but you know that's the shit that a lot of people don't need to be seeing yeah, well, and again, I mean, coming yeah. from somebody like me, and again, we talked about this in our first interview a couple of years ago, I was like, I didn't know how to use social media at all. I was that person. But what happens when when you're put in something against the wall and you have to just, it's 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 all a mindset. I mean, we talked about this plenty of times. Do you see me now really commenting on stuff? No. What do I use social media for? Freelance promotion, because I have to. If it wasn't for mm -hmm. that, I don't even know if I'd be using it. That's all I got for you. Um, so thank you very much for coming on for the first time joining this podcast. I hope we can do it again. If you want to anytime, come on, sit down with me and chat about 
about anything. You know, this podcast is a, uh, it's pretty helpful. We, we we do a lot of different things on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I definitely will. You know, I'm always down the park. All right, Andrew. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you. You know that you are welcome back on the podcast anytime. This is a really great conversation, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. You're Really appreciate it taking time out of your busy schedule to oh, to I'm answer these questions. You you know um you know you are open on the podcast at any time. Come on, talk about the Browns um because I I, I do record a podcast every Monday and Thursday. So do you really? That's awesome. Yeah, I do. Thank you for listening to my story. To anybody listening to this podcast, know that my story is only one of many. There's still many Americans out there struggling with mental health right now that feel there's no end in sight. However, know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You are not alone. We all go through our own struggles and battles each day. By sharing my story of how I overcame the worst year of my life to being on cloud nine, I hope I provided you with some laughs and some hope that together, one day, we can live in a bully-free society where it is okay to share our feelings openly. Thank you to my friends, family, listeners, and readers. Without you, I would not be who I am today. A special thank you goes out to not only Sophie, to Maui, but to Andrew as well, who graciously agreed to take time out of their busy schedules and sit down with me to discuss my growth and maturity and the tough topic of mental health.